Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Right, well, you, have you got a mobile home lying idle in a caravan park near the beach? We've had a number of calls and texts from listeners who do, and some say they've got no reimbursement for not being able to use the service. Others say they've been offered a few hundred euro, but are annoyed that this is all they're getting as compensation for missing half the season. Live 95's Rebecca O'Sullivan has been chatting to Dermot Jewell from the Consumers Association of Ireland, and she's been asking... What rights you have in this situation? The rights they will have will be determined by the agreement that they have with the landowner, with the site owner or management company. Um, So it's a form of a contract. And it will very, very much depend on the the terms of that contract, um, how how their system is managed, um, what the costs are, and most importantly, what happens in the event of a difficulty. Now, the difficulty is one element of it, which would be a normal difficulty, if you know what I mean. But these circumstances that we're going through today and over the last three to four months have been described everywhere as exceptional circumstances. So it would be important to first look at what are the current situ- agreements, what is, what's covered and what's not covered. And it's likely that exceptional circumstances will not be covered. So that means no refund or no reimbursement for whatever time that the parks remain closed? It will It will probably not have expected or anticipated such an event. And that's where perhaps there's a chink of light um, because, um, you know, this, this is COVID, this is exceptional um, and there could be, to all intents and purposes, as I say, an opportunity to discuss um, what is possible now what would be possible may if you consider it um there, there is likely to have been a continuity of security a continuity of insurance a continuity of maintenance but if you've been denied which you have um an ability to visit the site for a proportion of the, the contract terms that won't be in the contract unlikely um, and it may be that you might get some reduction, but to expect a full reduction is probably not going to fly. I'm not saying that it's not worth asking for, but it may not be possible because there may have been continuing costs and outlays by the property owner um, to, to maintain, if you like, the, 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 the camper or the van or the, the unit that is there on that site. And what about people who don't actually have a written contract? Some people, it's just been a thing, an agreement orally that's been there for years. They go down every summer and it's just almost an assumed thing. Is that a bit of uncertain water? It's very uncertain water because you literally are. If it's a gentleman's or a goodwill agreement or a good person's agreement, then that's what it is. And it's the person with whom you made that agreement that you need to renegotiate is the best way of putting it, I suppose, or have a long chat, um, difficult to have a sit-down. And that's one of the problems with this situation. A one-on-one conversation in, in, in elements of, I won't say dispute, but where one side needs to get their point across, and as does the other. It's better if you're facing each other rather than... So it's possible to do it in an online capacity, try to see if it's possible to do it with one of the apps that's being used at the moment, whether it be Zoom or any other one, or just Skype or something like that, so that you can see each other. It sometimes works better. 
um, to see if you can reach some form of an agreement that you're at a loss um, and somebody else may be at a gain. Can you mitigate? Can you come to some reasonable approach saying, look, I don't mind giving you some of the money, but all of the money, do you not think that's a bit unfair and take it from there? Dermot Jewell there chatting to our producer, Rebecca O'Sullivan. We're joined now by Barrister at the Law Library, Kean P. Kelly. Good morning to you, Kean. Morning, how are you? I'm very good. You can understand, I suppose, people being upset about not being able to access the place that they in, spend most of the summer. Uh, yeah. And they spend a lot of money on. They do indeed. And I think it's a situation that an awful lot of people have found themselves in. I think over the course of the summer, nearly most of us would have had some sort of travel plan which have been stymied by the COVID-19 situation. We've all found ourselves in situations where we would have kind of outlaid deposits or even consider or paid the entire amount of any kind of plans we had. And it's a situation where kind of people, it's the kind of the unknown worry as well is often the things that sort of upset people the most. Yeah, absolutely. And this area seems to be very grey, listening to Dermot Jewell there and the the conversation around people having, many people having kind of a verbal contract with somebody that they, they rent a mobile home from or have in a caravan park. Yeah, and it's, 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 kind, of a, it's, a, it's a kind of a unique situation because in reality, most kind of holidays that people will have taken or people will have booked, they will have a, a level of kind of statutory protection primarily under sort of a lot of European law. So if you'll have seen the situations where people are travelling on flights whereby a number of kind of major airlines attempted to sort of give out credit notes or vouchers instead of the refund, the cash refunds that consumers would have been entitled to. And the, the European Commission said that that was not going to be tolerated under any circumstances and they want people who are entitled to the refund. And also people then that are with people that are package holidays, they are protected under various pieces of legislation entitled to refunds as well. But unfortunately, it, it is, like Dermot said there, it is very much an individual, individual situation for people that would have been rented mobile homes or holiday homes like that. And it really boils down to the individual terms of each individual, whether it be a contract or a license or whatever, they have um, whatever they've put in place with the person that they're renting the property off. Um, because you see, a lot of the legislation that was introduced, the emergency legislation to do with COVID-19 that was introduced, really initially it was to protect kind of renters of kind of properties where it would have been sort of like their primary residence. And that really was the priority at the time. And now it's when we travel down the road 14 weeks or wherever further we are down the road, we're seeing that these sort of situations crop up. Um, so, but like, if anybody is in that situation, what I would say to them is, first of all, if you're looking to get a recovery, it's probably best off to a solicitor or the Citizens Information Centre or, or, or something similar like that here in Limerick. And then what you can do after that, then it's from your own thing, just whatever sort of an agreement you have, whether you might have booked online, going back to the website where they might have set out their terms and conditions, or if you have kind of a, a, an agreement that you have with the mobile home park or something like that, just put through the terms and conditions and see what it provides for. Because a lot of contracts you'll find provide for, have a term which you'll, you'll have heard people talk about, it's called a force majeure clause, which most people would know as a sort of the act of God clause. But that's the clause that often sort of 
or somebody might say an unpredictable event would sort of start, would kind of overrule the contract, and that's something that if people would have to look at. But also, then again, we'd have to see the situation of was the actual property for their mobile home or whatever was that actually operational or was it closed? Because that's one of the major differences, say, between a mobile home park or say a hotel. Like the hotels were closed. So if, if you're in a situation where you have bookings or cancellations like that and it's businesses is operating, you'd be on you'd be on better ground then to get a con you get a refund. Right. And what about it, let's say it's closed because it has to remain closed, but the person who's running the park has allowed people to check on their properties to make sure I mean people go down and check on the properties for all sorts of reasons. We desperate thunderstorms there at the weekend and people yeah. are often very concerned about that the mobile home has withstood the, the bad weather and want to check that it's going to be okay for when they are able to, to use it. D- does that somehow, if they've been allowed in to do that, would that affect that clause at all? Um, not in it, Maybe not necessarily that clause, but what you're going to find out in that situation is you would have been in breach of the travel regulations to do that. I know, you see, if you're living in Shannon Banks here, you could... Oh, and, yeah, but yeah, if you're living in Shannon Banks or probably something like that, you would have been able to get down to Kilkee, but that yeah. was only just, that was only kind of just recently. So what I'd be kind of, like, when it was more in the earlier stages of this, when genuine, when most, when an awful lot of businesses were actually properly closed down, then that's kind of the area where you say, right, if, if it wasn't necessarily operational, but... But you would be talking at sort of the kind of and, and one of the other difficulties as well, people are going to find it is like it, it will be a lot of money, but often to probably try and do anything about it may well cost you more money than you're actually hoping to recover. Would people be better off tackling this as groups? I mean, I assume a lot of caravan parks have, you know, the, the 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 people who use them they know them uh, each other very well and they could band together and maybe lobby to try and get a decent refund rather than trying to tackle it individually and all sending individual solicitors letters. Oh, absolutely, and I think what you find is like say a lot of the people that go to the different ca- caravan parks, sort of be in Kilkee or Lynch or somewhere like that, like your neighbours are generally very very good friends. They may well be your family and people you've known well. So like when people kind of come together in a situation like that where they all find themselves in a situation that makes it dealing with a group makes it not easier. Um, there are some options available for people, which one, given the sort of the type of the, the level of money you'd be talking about, one thing would be potentially the small claims court, if you wanted to do that, um, because that would have a cap of, that's up to, two, up to uh, you can make a claim up to 2,000 euros, it's done online, it's all done informally without, without lawyers involved. Um, so that could be one option of people but a lot of the time with something like this it, it really is down to what you can hopefully negotiate yourself because as Dermot was saying the individuality of the contract it makes it, it there isn't very much the specific definitive black and white kind of resolutions that people would be looking for and that a lot of the time that now holidaymakers would be very used to that they would have when, if they're if they're in a similar situation, and they were heading down to a, a mobile home park in Spain or France, they'd probably be protected under a package holiday. Yeah, and you know we've had, we've never had a pandemic before, so I suppose we don't know whether the law would exactly. be would look at the fact that the it has frustrated the side of the tenant not being able to travel, or on the side mm-hmm. of 
the owners that they are exceptional circumstances and they were forced to close. Is it possible that we will see a test case somewhere, possibly even in Donegal, where a decision is made that will then apply to all caravan parks? Um, well, I don't know if we... I'm not aware of an individual case in relation to caravan parks, but what we are seeing at the moment is um, there's a case currently going before... There's a case currently going before the commercialist of the High Court in relation to... Um, Last of business insurance by a number of publicans throughout the country against FBD, and that was recently admitted to the commercial list by Judge Barnival. Um, it's quite high profile because one of the premises involved is owned by a number of rugby players. Oh, and yes, yeah, like, I, I saw it, that, it, Dave Carney and the like. Yeah, and essentially what you're looking at there is you have an insurer that's going to, what my understanding is, rely on a force majeure clause and to say that this is unpredictable, this is this couldn't be seen couldn't be seen, foreseen by them and you have a number of publicans are saying sorry, we we have an insurance contract here, we bought insurance for this specific purpose, this is the event that we bought insurance for and now we want to um, we want to be paid out on that policy. And what that would be looking at is essentially a test case on the unpredictability of a COVID-19 pandemic situation and how it affects the contract and, and albeit an insurance contract the guidance that that actually can give would be actually an awful lot of use to people. And given as well, luckily, that it's going through the commercial list, which is a list that operates at lightning speed compared to the regular glacial speed of the courts. Yeah. Um, Kian, would you envisage that particular case and the result of it having implications for pubs around Limerick? I... But I think it it would have an effect for pubs um, anywhere that have such an, that that would have an insurance product with that uh, with FBD. Right. Okay. So, and it may have a knock on effect for situations like people with caravan parks if they if there's insurance is involved in it in the force majeure clause. Because, like, the, one interesting thing that a lot of people don't know is that if, for example, you have twelve months. Like a lot of us would have, it's sort of a 12-month permanent holiday insurance. That's not just for international travel. That's also that that would there's provisions where a lot of insurance products will actually cover domestic travel as well. So if you're going away for a weekend and you and be down in Kerry or down in Kilkee and you things get lost or something like that, there's a potential to claim under your travel insurance. So that's something that people may well want to look into and if, if they've got the 12-month travel insurance. A few questions are coming in from our listeners here. Mary's been in touch and she says she's a caravan in Clare and is actually uh, they're actually after putting up the rent by €200. Euro. You'd think they'd have reduced it given the circumstances uh, that we can't go down there. The problem is that we only have a verbal contract with him. Just want to know where I stand, asks Mary. Well, Kian. Well, I suppose everybody is always growing up with the the idea of the, the verbal contract not being worth the paper it's written on, but actually a contract is a contract, and once you have the, the core elements of a contract, that's it. It's the ability to prove the contract is the situation. Um, it really depends on what the uh, individual, what the individual facts of Mary's situation are in terms of what had she agreed? Did she specifically agree um, an annual rent with the caravan park owner? Has it been something that had continued on? Had she started paying already this year at a, 
at an agreed rate maybe back in May or or, or back in March. So that's really the, those would really be the things that we'd need to know. But on a kind of a broad general term, it's very difficult for you for somebody to be able to kind of put up the rent mid-season without having an agreement with you. Somebody has asked us on WhatsApp, we have a mobile home in Casa Gregory and Kerry and they're offering no discount whatsoever. Can they do this? Um, if, if, if they can try and rely fully on the agreement, whatever agreement that you have, but like as Dermot was saying earlier on, it really boils down to the individual terms and conditions that a person has. And I know it kind of sounds very much very boring and a bit like a lawyer's fudge, but that's really what it does come down to because there is no, unlike, as I was saying earlier, package holidays or flights, there isn't any specific general protection for um, consumers in the holiday home sort of caravan park area. It's general consumer protections as if, any other sort of a purchase. So what you'd be looking at really is what you have individually agreed and what is set out in your agreement. Okay. Uh, another question here, uh, speaking of package holidays and the protections there, uh, somebody's WhatsApp to ask, what happens when a travel agent is in breach of the package holiday law and in breach of the European Commission? This travel agent cancelled our holiday to the US on the 6th of April and they're saying they're waiting to get refunds from the airlines. I don't have a contract with the airline. My contract's with the travel agent. Where do I stand? Yeah, well, actually, that's very straightforward. What you have is, the all travel agents in Ireland um, operate under an arbitration scheme. It's the similar to the motor industry. And what you do in that situation is, if you have any dispute in relation to a package holiday, you're able to get um, you're able to get a re- you should be able to get a refund. Um, if if in particular the package was cancelled by the travel agent, and that's gonna, that's very very important because one thing you'll hear from an awful lot of consumers at the moment is where they have bookings for different things and essentially you have, um, whether it be a travel agent or a hotelier or something, essentially kind of engages in a game of chicken as who's going to cancel first because the person that cancels is the person that loses out. So in a situation there where you have a package, where the package holiday was cancelled by a travel operator, um, you're, you are entitled to a refund and they can try and delay you till they get, they get the ability to recover money, but your contract is with them and you're entitled to a refund off them. And your resolution would be in that situation that you would seek um, to get that refund through, arbitra- through an arbitration, which is relatively straightforward, easy, easy system. It's a, all the details available online. And I think if anybody, if you're in that situation, what I'd advise you to do is contact a solicitor and they'll be able to take you through that that arbitration process. It's, it's relatively straightforward. Yeah, and that's the thing. What about the cost of the solicitor? I mean, at the end of the day, sometimes people are looking at, people m- might have booked cheap holidays, cheap breaks, and they, you know, they're due a small refund, relatively speaking. Yeah. Is it worth the cost of going to a solicitor to get that money back? Um, well, what you find is, depending on what you agree with your solicitor, but um, the cost of an arbitration can often be recovered. I know um, particularly, say, if it's the, the, the society, the Irish motor industry, regularly, the, like whatever costs that are incurred will have to be borne by the party that loses the arbitration. So it may be a situation where you just have to find to see if an individual, whatever, whatever people want to agree with their individual solicitor in how costs are dealt with, um, whether it will be dealt with on no win, no fee basis or whatever. 
whatever they can agree themselves. Okay, well, it sounds like it does make sense to contact a solicitor or at the very least, citizens' information if you have any further questions about this. Kean P. Kelly, Barrister at Law at the Law Library, thanks for joining us on Limerick Today this morning. Thank you very much. All right, lovely, lovely to talk to you. Limerick Today now on 461995.